0: Hello, and welcome to an episode of Too Scared to Sleep, a podcast hosted by two chuckle fucks. Oh my god.
1: Let me tell you something. I got a lot. I got a bone to pick with this Dylan. I had to oh. watch him eat an ice cream sundae as slow <laughs> as possible. Oh my god. It was my a McFlurry, god.
0: fuck ass. It was oh a Oh my god.
1: he's. I'm like, why are you taking so long? He was doing it just to fuck with me.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So McDonald's has apparently come out with adult Happy Meals. Yeah! Is- which is at is it's it's like equal parts the dumbest and the most brilliant marketing technique it's so because it's just a regular meal in a box instead of a bag yeah and they've got some toys they come with toys and it's a grimace toy that he got except that grimace has two sets of eyes so
0: he's got four eyes he looks like he's really poorly made out of clay and that's very appealing to me i told um i love ugly little dudes but, yeah, you can, as of right now, you can get four of these little guys. You can get a, a cactus something. I don't give a shit about him. You can get a Hamburglar. I give a little bit of a shit about him. You can get one of the other ones that I don't care about. Uh, or you could get Grimace, which is obviously the fucking end goal. And uh, first one, right out of the gate, I got Grimace. So, I love this guy. I may tattoo him on my body forever. Congratulations. Uh, but, at very least, he is... Staring Jake directly in the face now. I
1: told you that we should um, build an altar and worship him.
0: And I wholeheartedly agree with you.
1: Because if I'm going to worship a god, at least it's going to be one that I can see.
0: Exactly. You can physically touch little Grimace on his lack of an ass cheek.
1: Take that, Christians. At least I can see this one.
0: fucking got him.
1: Anyway, how's everybody doing? I hope you're all doing well. We had to take a couple of weeks off because Dylan got an STD.
0: That is not how that happened. I got COVID.
1: No, you said chlamydia.
0: That is not what I said. I specifically said COVID. You told me cl- Have not chlamydia, chlamydia and
1: that I should get myself checked, and I had to remind you yet again that uh that's there's not there's no possibility there.
0: Jesus God. That that
1: was only a dream of yours. A fever dream apparently.
0: Jesus fucking Christ. So I got, COVID. On uh, I got COVID. Beating chlamydia. Jesus I fucking Christ. I don't even know what chlamydia is. Oh, you know what chlamydia is. Anyway, enough about that. Um, He's good. I got COVID. I'm fine now. poor bastard. Uh, I have been back at work for about a week now, and I'm feeling much better. Uh, I was very uh, paranoid about losing my taste. Virginity long since done um i was very paranoid about losing my taste because there was like a two hour period where i couldn't taste anything and i was like fuck man i just bought all these new sodas and i just got like ice cream and shit um why are you looking at me like that
1: that's what you were worried about I, the sodas and ice creams, like, oh my gosh, I, all this sugary bullshit wasted, trash food. It would have
0: been a waste of money if I couldn't fucking it's taste it. It's shit.
1: even if you can t- fully taste it, sodas and ice cream, a waste of money still.
0: We have differing opinions on that. The have, only benefit was that I would have been able to eat salads, um, but it was only like two hours that I couldn't taste and then it was all back to normal. I was what we fine. do
1: have is differing uh, metabolisms. I wish Fair. I could eat like that, and I can't.
0: So uh, shit, I wish that I could eat like I did when I was younger and be as skinny as I was. I used to be 180 pounds. Mm, congratulations. Ugh. Now I'm old and broken, catching up to Jake. Mm, maybe so.
1: So, um, let's see. My uh, my kids have trash mouths. My son is 11 years old, and he is just he's full blown puberty shithead. Yeah, I believe it. Just like total, complete asshole.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, tracks. I already told the story about the record, right? The vinyl? Yeah. That the, was hilarious. You got him
0: in an MF Doom one, right?
1: No, it was uh, it was Tyler, the creator. The Tyler, vinyl. the
0: creator. That's, it was Igor. He also likes yeah. MF
1: Doom. And he also likes um, Childish Gambino and Kanye, of all people.
0: I actually just recently um, listened to Awaken My Love, the album by Childish Gambino, like all the way start to finish. Uh, I'd only heard, like, individual songs. I gotta say, not my jam as much as I hoped it would have been. Yeah. Uh, I can respect it for what it is. Uh, I love Redbone, but other than that, it it didn't hit as hard as I wanted it to. I was a little bit disappointed by that, but, you know, everybody's got their own tastes. I have been getting into some fucking Zarface recently, though. I love me some fucking Zarface they have some of the coolest fucking merch i have ever seen so he's a lot like mf doom or they're a lot like mf doom where it's like very comic influenced and comic heavy mm-hmm. so like all of their merch is like the comic logo of like czar or it's they have one that looks like those old school 90s action cards mm-hmm. that like marvel put out it's got like that same border and shit on it it's really fucking cool they've got some really awesome merch And once I make some money, I'm going to get me some Zarface shit. Also, Tom Hardy is a fan of Zarface. He posted something of him wearing a Zarface hat and a jacket.
1: I was trying to tell a story about my kids, but I'm kidding. You were looking at your phone. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. My son says, we went to Jason's Deli and my son says, oh, I'm so glad that they they didn't fuck up my order. And my daughter, who's seven years old, she's in second grade. My 11-year-old says that, and my, my daughter looks at me and says, Dad, what would you have done if they'd fucked up my order? <laughs> That's when you say, don't worry, kiddo. I would have fucked them up. Fucked them up. That's what they expect me to do. Um, And she calls, she regularly calls kids, like, she's like, so-and-so did this thing at me, did, you know, Talk to me like this during recess. She's a bitch. Nice. Like, oh, my God. Like, part of me is like, I should not be raising my children this way. And the other I mean, part of I think, me is like, I think the ball's out of your court. I'm raising lions. In a time of lambs... That's true. I am raising lions. Goddamn these right. These kids don't fuck with anybody.
0: Fuck no, dude. Anyway, I started consistently cussing in like fourth or fifth grade. My
1: daughter says to me one day, one day I'm I starting to write down these quotes. At PE, we had to throw this shitty ball through a hula hoop. Like, what the hell?
2: nice
0: (laughs) nice super solid understanding of how the words are used appropriately absolutely and i respect the fuck out of that at her age at their age just so we're
1: keeping score at their age i knew like you know 90 hymns in english and spanish i could recite all the books of the bible i knew countless scriptures i could tell you the entire story of jesus and his life or the patriarchs you don't even know the patriarchs are god you are fucking square I could recite the Ten Commandments.
0: Of course you could. All kinds of bullshit like that. And
1: my kids know how to use words like this. It's awesome.
0: Now, the only uh, things that your kids know about the Bible is that it's full of shit and they're not going to read it.
1: Yeah, for real. Um, The other thing I was going to mention is, I don't know how this happened. Well, I know how it happened. But at some point... I have unlocked a new achievement on TikTok. You know how TikTok rules my life.
0: Yes, very familiar. For
1: a while there, it was really good-looking cosplay women, right?
0: Fair. We all started there. We
1: all start there, of course. All the heterosexual men start there. And then um, it took a turn, and it went to motorcycle TikTok, which is okay. There are some really good-looking women, but mostly it's dudes, because that's just how the riding community is. Fair, yeah. It's, It's also fair. Um, you know, obviously, it's not like you know. It's just like I'm watching motorcycle videos. I like all the motorcycle videos, so obviously the algorithm is just going to show me motorcycle videos. Yeah. And so I'm like, I want to get back to where I've got some good-looking cosplay women TikTokers in my feet. Understandably. So, so I start liking that stuff. Well, there's a fine line there where you can you you're you're in you're in hot cosplay TikTok, and then if you start to like hot Renfair Medieval Viking cosplay TikTok. My favorite. Then you will stumble into bisexual TikTok.
0: That is where I reside very heavily.
1: I figured so. You just stumble right into it. And you don't realize you're there until you realize... So It's like you, you watch a video and it's this woman who's like, these are the top 10 females that I would um that i would cheat on my husband with yeah and then her next video is a follow-up and it's these are the top 10
0: males and i'm like how did i get to bisexual tiktok but it sucks you in you don't realize until you're in too deep and you're already invested in the i'm bisexuals. already there and it's and it has my grimace
1: and he fell <laughs> um and then it, you know and then it, by then it's by then it's too late you've already you you you've you've gone there And there's no way to get your algorithm back.
0: And that's fine. It is fine because bisexual TikTok is where it's fucking at, dude. Mm -hmm. I have found that I share so much in common with bisexuals and I fucking love it. I am straight when it counts. um, But... Mm -hmm. In terms of like mannerisms and interests, and I fucking saw a thing a TikTok earlier where it was like, "Oh, you're a bisexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long did it take for you to get a death's head moth tattoo?" And I was like, "Motherfucker, that was my first one. Exactly. Goddamn. Exactly." It. And I end up sending you and Cass, yeah, the bisexual TikToks
1: all the time because I love it. I'm like, I-, I feel so welcome in that community, even <laughs> though I have like, <laughs> even though I'm not like, you know, I-, I I can't do anything except respect and and and. And appreciate. Like I have no yeah. I have no business in bisexual We're
0: uh, We're allies, but we're not um, mm-hmm. we're commentators. I should be an over forty
1: I should be an over forty dad bod like TikTok where all they do is post like what they bought at Home Depot. What color of
0: new balances they got, Spoiler what color of new balances They got I just tried to show you a pair of tennis shoes. You did. Want. You showed me very dad heavy shoes. Were they? They were very dad. Oh, man. Fuck the yeah. light grey is dangerously close to a white New Balance. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I don't like those ones. No, I'll never buy those ones. Yeah. i buy the other ones. Why don't you just buy some cool boots? I have
1: cool boots. I just bought myself a pair of Red Wings last... last then why are you buying more shoes? Because it's my birthday and I... Oh, never mind. I don't need to buy birthdays. Um... I was going to say, uh, I need more tattoos. That's honestly what I need.
0: Yes, I agree. I need more tattoos. I'm going to get a Dune-inspired
1: agree. tattoo yeah. as soon as Dylan can fit me in. I don't like the way you looked at me when you said that. I just that, realized but... that the other thing that my 11-year-old son does all the time is every every joke is not a Yo Mama joke. It's not a D's Nuts joke like it used to be. It's it... all, Everything is between his butt cheeks joke. And so when I said, uh, that Dylan could get fit me in, quick. if my son was in the room, he'd be like, huh, between his butt cheeks.
0: Oh, my fucking oh, God. Oh, God, get so that gets so old. That would get old really quick. Oh. That is not near as funny as a D's Nuts.
1: Oh, it's gotten old, let me tell you. D's
0: Nuts, that, the, that content, that'll do numbers. D's Nuts always gets me. Uh, The butt cheeks thing, not so much. Not feeling that one. (laughs) Butt cheeks, between my butt cheeks.
1: Everything is a between-his-butt cheeks joke. All right, so Pop Topics. Here's Ripped from the Headlines. This was back in September. A Rhode Island teacher is on leave after a group of middle school boys who thought he was a creep used a pedo database to keep track of how he interacted with girls in their class they basically started a discord server and they documented times when he would say inappropriate things to the girls in his class that he wouldn't say to the boys in his class holy shit sometimes it was like borderline awkward but they just thought it was creepy and so they just just decided in january of 2021 to keep a written record of the evidence against the teacher because they had made multiple complaints and the school district and the and the school did nothing about it they fucking Chris Hansened him they fucking Chris Hansen this motherfucker fuck yeah he'd play songs and make the girls get up and dance um it's just red weird flag.
0: instant firing oh just
1: fucking weird stuff uh yeah so they 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 got him on leave I hope he gets fired because that's not cool like you have to think about like I mean you know this
0: stuff is gonna come out. Oh, behave, yeah. you know, like there's... you're doing this to children, for mm-hmm. one thing, awful and gross and disgusting. But also, mm-hmm. you work in a monitored building mm-hmm. full of other children, cameras, and adults. I
1: know. So it's creepy that way, and you know, it's just like that's just one instance of it happening. Can you imagine how many other times place. it happens in other places? There was just a there was just a news article. Um, where a christian school of course it's a fucking christian school i went to christian school my entire life and i can tell you one of the biggest problems i have with organized religion um has to do with the fact that christian schools and churches are are just like breeding grounds they're like fucking petri dishes when it comes to um when it comes to um people grooming children in order to in order to abuse them oh yeah and also being able to move from place to place and not have it reported
0: Oh yeah, yeah, rampant.
1: And if and if anybody and if anybody thinks that I'm overreacting, just direct message me and I can tell you stories.
0: Yeah, we can send you links to numerous articles. We can send
1: you links to numerous articles. Um, so uh, the thing that I was going to mention was that the school was like they were they sent a worksheet home with the second graders that said, "Take a picture of yourself in the bath doing your homework." No. What the fuck? Radically inappropriate. My daughter's in the second grade. She's seven years old. No one's gonna take a photo of her in the bathtub, and I sure shit am not gonna send it to somebody else. Absolutely not. Get the
0: not. fuck out of here. lootly not. I'm telling you what, man. Who the fuck approved that?
1: So some of the teachers got upset, and then the principal, this this fucking principal at this fucking Christian school said well other uh, this has been on the curriculum for years now no one's ever complained and so the parents who complained were offered the opportunity to dismiss their children from the school and basically they just said no we're gonna we're gonna stand by this bullshit, uh you know this this bullshit assignment uh, rather than rather than take it down because it's inappropriate
0: Jesus Christ
1: Anyway, we could get super political about it. From the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. This was only two weeks ago. Man vanished while meeting a friend over a year ago. Texas, Texas cops just found his remains. It's been 18 months since Jacob Dubois disappeared. Family and friends observed his 23rd birthday without him this year, knowing that whatever happened the day he vanished, which was March the 7th, 2021, it was violence. Evidence gathered shortly after the 22-year-old Texas man went missing prompted police to launch a murder investigation. Though the search for Dubois continued according to the Shirts Police Department.
0: Oh shit. You want Shirts to talk close, close? The,
1: the city of Shirts is like 10 minutes from where yeah, we live. It's like
0: literally right down the road.
1: It is right down the road. The search is finally <clears throat> over. On September 14th, the sheriff's office in neighboring Comal County, which oh, is the county shit. where that we is, live we in right now, found human remains. Together, investigators confirmed they are the remains of Dubois. It's crazy.
0: Did I tell you about the dude that I worked with at Wendy's, the homeless guy?
1: No. This S- sounds promising.
0: Yeah, so I worked with um when I worked at Wendy's, it was awful for anybody who's interested. Um but at one point we had a homeless dude who was living in our parking lot. Oh god, Jesus. And you know, the managers talked to him, they like kind of understood what he was going through. They brought him on to work with us. Mm-hmm. He actually ended up being a super sweet dude, really good worker. I mean, obviously, he's always on time. Um, but he was, like, a really hard worker. Good dude. I didn't really interact with him that much. Our shifts didn't line up. But the little bit that I did, like, he was always super solid. Um, and then, obviously, I left Wendy's many years ago and haven't talked to him. But I had seen him around the shop. Like, the Wendy's is pretty close to where I'm working right now. And I'd seen him hanging out in, like, the Taco Bell and, you know, the gas station and whatever. Um, and then just a couple weeks or months ago... Um, We looked outside, and there's, like, that ditch in between us and the school. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, a middle school that we're right across from. There's a ditch in there, and the cops are, like, surrounding it. And they're pulling somebody out of a car, and he's all wrapped up in a tarp. Jesus. Found out that that was that dude that I worked with. He got one of our other mutual friends from Wendy's to take him to a pawn shop. He said he was going to sell some shit Mm -hmm. um, just to, like, buy a phone or some food or whatever. Apparently, he used it to go buy a gun got in his car, and he killed himself in front of an uh L, or middle school. He killed himself in front of the middle school. And his body wasn't found for, like, two or three days. So by the time they found him, he'd already started, like, kind of decomposing, and it was really gross. And they had to do this, like, middle of the day with, like, the whole school, like, blocked off inside, and they were, like, wrapping everything mm-hmm, up in tarps mm-hmm, and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fucked up. That so is, there's that. That is... Um,
1: Dylan and I obviously don't have any aversion to the macabre. No, not at at all. all. Um, we share with each other the grossest, most heinous
0: things that we can find on the internet and Reddit. Jake has a never ending supply of fucked up shit. Every time I get a message from him, it is a 50, 50 shot that it's like, Hey man, what are you doing? You want to hang out? Or, Mm -hmm. Hey, here's this heinous act Mm -hmm. that's happening. You want to watch a man's arm get fucking shuffed off for instance fucking... for
1: instance last week vladimir putin imposed basically a draft for he's gonna he's conscript he's wants to conscript citizen, russian citizens um into military service god damn he it. wants to press them into military god service God damn it! and so there are videos on reddit circulating that i have watched because i just can't get enough of it that i've watched multiple times because because of course you have there's something wrong with me
0: yeah
1: um of Of, um, these guys that are either, there was one guy who had his arm on a table and a buddy of his obliterated his arm, his forearm with a sledgehammer
2: in order to get out
1: of military service. And there's another one where the guy is laying on the ground in front of a staircase and he's got his, he's got his foot at the ankle on top of the first, um, the, the first, uh, step. And then his buddy is on the, he's on the middle landing and his buddy jumps onto his leg to oh, break his leg God so damn. That he can get out of military service.
0: Jesus. Smarter to do it with a leg than a fucking forearm though. Like if you're going to obliterate something with a hammer, just misery that shit and crack the leg open.
2: Mm,
1: no. Like
0: I use my hands too much, I could hobble around on one foot. I can say from experience that you don't want to break your leg. No, but would you have rather broken your leg or your arm? Mm it's crazy
1: yeah that's a hard oh, that's awful, a hard one but. i would rather play mary boff or kill for um for cryptids than then how would you how would you maim yourself that's that's an even harder question for me to answer would i want to be run over by a car would i want to be shot in the foot or the the one that we used to do in college was if you uh the question that we would pose to each other is if somebody came to you and said you you have to take a, you have to take a beating, right? we're we're going to break your leg at the kneecap.
2: Okay, we're
1: going to bust it with a aluminum bat or, or or a wooden bat. Okay, do you take the do you take the blow to the front or you take the blow to the side?
0: So I get I don't know I guess that's a. How much of a difference is that going to make? Because, I mean, it's getting broken either way, right?
1: Um, If you go to the front, what we we decided was if you go to the front, you're going to end up – I don't know how we're on this. this, People are probably throwing up from this. That's fine. (laughs) If you go to the front, you're going to hit the patella first, your your kneecap. Does that Mm. soften the blow or does it make it worse? I have no idea. If you go to the side, is it going to hurt you more like – what is it called? Your like ligaments and shit. I have no idea. There See, is no. Say, there is no right answer. I
0: would say go from the front because if it obliterates your kneecap, then you just get a kneecap replacement. But it's a lot harder to replace ligaments and multiple bones. Let's, so I'll I'm going to say from the front.
1: I'll tell you what's the hardest to replace is a broken heart.
0: God damn right. <laughs> Poor Dylan.
1: No, I'm kidding. Shut There's up, no baby. reason. Oh man uh dylan watched all of obi-wan kenobi in one night
0: i did literally last night which is
1: the greatest thing to ever do and i told you that you would ugly cry before the end of it and it is just
0: yeah no i i fully admit i did tear up in that finale uh that was just god it was good shit and i did really good i managed the only thing i knew was that darth vader was going to show up because i heard hayden christensen was returning Darth Vader's gonna Um, come
1: and he's gonna fuck your eyeballs And you're gonna love every second
0: of it And you know what, you're fucking right, I did (laughs) But I didn't know literally anything about Kenobi Mm -hmm. I managed to avoid every plot point, every spoiler So that was all fresh and beautiful And it was so good We finally got a fucking angry, brutal Darth Vader That was so good
1: Again, that was the Lord God's Darth Vader God, it was so good We got a glimpse of him in Rogue One But
0: I will say the scene in Rogue One at the very end, that hallway scene, one of the best Star Wars scenes in general. I'm getting hard right now just thinking about
1: that scene. It is so good. The fact that it's like they were talking about how Darth Vader is such a drama queen in that because he turns off the the instrument panel lights on his chest piece so that you really can't see him until he ignites his lightsaber. Oh, Oh my my God. God. It's so good.
0: And the fact that there's no like... In space, because they like the ship is open. It's in a vacuum. Yeah, he had to use the force to make his cape blow in the wind just for drama. Yeah, God, I love dramatic Darth Vader. Uh-huh. Have you ever read any of the comics, like the Darth Vader comics? I've read a couple of them. Yes, they are so fucking good. That what is
1: it? All of it "All I am surrounded by is fear, fear and, and dead, dead men. men." I know. God like,
0: damn, that shit is hard.
1: <laughs> There's something to get tattooed on your body.
0: Oh my God! That, All I'm
1: surrounded by is fear, fear and, and dead, dead men. men. Oh
0: my oh. God, that is hard as fuck. I would actually do that, like going across the collarbones. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna get I Must Gorgeous. Not Fear tattooed right on right on my collarbone which I shouldn't because it hurt oh my god it hurt so much the last time you did it but I want it so bad
0: but you'll look way cooler and also like it's not terrible when you get up to like the sides what you were doing was like on the sternum so like of course that shit's gonna fucking hurt Dylan just took his shirt off I, mean, I did not take my shirt what... off I just flashed him whatever didn't even flash he, he already took his pants off when
1: out. he got in here now That's... he's taking his shirt off
0: well, at least I don't start the show naked, so...
1: Oh, well, there's always that.
0: God, this has devolved quickly. You take the cameras off us for a minute, and we just... We get to hide behind the microphone, and it just devolves into madness. When we have to actually look at each other and look into a camera and face our sins, mm-hmm. it does not get this rowdy.
1: No, it does not.
0: This has been 25 minutes of nothing but bullshit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I see why people stop listening. God,
1: okay, Campbell timestamp 25. Uh, Campbell timestamp is 2430. 2430. Okay. Go first if you want to go first. Or all I'll right. First. I'll
0: go first. Okay.
1: I'm writing that down so we'll remember it. So. Campbell 2430. It looks like a scripture.
0: Nice. Um, all right. Well, I know the last couple times that I've brought topics, they have been unsolved mysteries. <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, Which well, I fucking hate. Guess what? This time, we're going to get to finish. This one goes to completion, Jake. That's right. How do you like it when the tables are turned, motherfucker? It finishes right on your chest the way it should be. Oh, good lord. Okay, you're going to see significantly farther. It finishes between my butt cheeks. Oh my fucking god. Already sick of it. Can't imagine that. I wish
1: I account. hadn't said that out loud, but it, there it is.
0: <laughs> it's not getting edited out. It's so much easier to edit audio only. It's staying the fuck in. Alright, are you fucking ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's bring that fucking heat every sunday 50 congregants of the north of northern philadelphia area mm-hmm. would gather in the house of bishop gary m Heidnick to hear him spin the tales of the bible and follow closely to his interpretation of the word of god Heidnick Was a highly intelligent man. Here's Mm -hmm. a fun fact for you. He had an IQ of 148. Praise the Lord. Significantly higher than the national average. And he was a bit of an eccentric, but overall seemed to be a pretty chill, harmless dude. If you exclude the basement right under his congregants' feet, housing six abducted women in a torture pit. Mm -hmm. Love me some fucking torture pits. Oh, who doesn't? Well, let's take it back to the beginning. Specifically, Ohio of 1943.
1: Okay, Born to a religious father. No, born to a religious mother, an alcoholic
0: father. Born into an abusive, unstable household, as is par for the course with men who have torture pits. His same thing. Mother Ellen was emotionally unstable and his father, Michael, was a violent alcoholic. Got it right on the fucking money.
1: Congratulations. I win. Bingo. That's just gonna be we should do a. we should put out a uh, podcast bingo card and send it to the listeners who oh, want it. Shit. And just and the and the free space in the middle is religious mother abusive father. That's the that's <laughs> yeah, the, that's honestly. the free space in the middle. That's pretty good. And then just all squares, like there'll be a McDonald triad square. There'll be a, you know, this place heavily into the
0: plot. That would, into the end. that's good merchandise ideas. Make you. a fucking big brain thinking, big brain thinking. Hell yeah. Well, you guys heard it here first. New merch coming soon. We do still sell that on red. Bingo cards. And then if you get recently. your
1: bingo, we'll send out random ass bingo cards, right? That's what we'll do. And then you play along. And when you get a bingo, we'll you give can, you a kiss on the mouth. You can send it to us. Send us, send us proof of it and we'll send you something. We'll send you a random toy from that fucking closet over there.
0: We're gonna use this to clean out Jake's closet.
1: Cause there are cl- there are, there are toys over there that my ex wife said, oh don't don't throw them away, don't give them away. I'm gonna grab them and they've been in there for three fucking years.
0: Admittedly, there you- is some cool shit in there. Like I'm looking at a big ass Nerf gun right now that I could be fucking up. You're not. Then we're not giving away the Nerf gun, but God there dude. are toys
1: in there that no child has ever has played with for probably six years or not. So, and we'll give you a random toy from here.
0: You can make your choice to have a random toy from the pit or a kiss on the mouth.
1: Yeah, sure. A kiss on the mouth. How are we going to do that? Not everybody With lives... With our lips, you idiot. Right. Oh, I understand that. Between your butt cheeks.
0: Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> You're coming around on it, and I hate it.
1: Uh, this is what it's like to have an 11-year-old around. Listen, all I'm saying is, we'll make bingo cards. We'll send out the bingo cards. If you get bingo, I will send you a random object from my house.
0: <laughs> yeah, that can't be used against you in any kind of incriminating I mean, way. just
1: a random toy from over there. Yeah. Or a book that I've read. I'll sign a random I'll steal a book from somewhere. I won't actually steal a book. But I'll get a book. Maybe I'll sign, maybe I'll steal a Bible. Ooh. I'll send you a I'll send you a Bible.
0: We can each sign it. You can sign as God, I can sign as the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be perfect. If you guys want that. That'll be hilarious. Keep an eye out for our fucking yes. too scared bingo. I kill more people than him. Signed God. Nice. <clears throat> okay, sidetrack. Um done we're going back to the topic podcast
1: bingo card please do write that down actually that's fucking money amazing
0: that's a really good idea
1: okay keep going
0: actually i think the free space should be bullshits for 20 minutes that happens all the time yeah that's why it's the free space okay fine 20 minute bullshit 20 minute bullshit at least go ahead Okay, so, father, Michael, abusive, violent alcoholic. Imagine that. Yes, he was well known for abusing and humiliating his son and his wife. Uh, Eventually, after many years of abuse, uh, his mother, Ellen, eventually just committed suicide by poisoning herself, um, leading the family to find her body in the basement when Gary was around his 20s. I don't remember the exact date. I wasn't
1: expecting that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is not not a happy story. Um, So... Guess what, Jake? Let's hear it. Another one for the bingo card. The McDonald Triad is coming into this a little bit. Good,
1: because mine has a McDonald Triad link, too.
0: Fuck yes. Uh, Okay, so as we all know by now, one of the most common things to look for in a child when looking for signs of psychopathy or serial killer traits, as per the McDonald Triad, is bedwetting past early childhood.
1: Bedwetting past early childhood, starting fires, or being abusive to... um, animals indeed one two and three mcdonald triad one two three i'm loving it i'm loving it
0: uh so when heidnik had uh this is something that heidnik had experienced with the bedwetting specifically um here's a fun little tangent for you uh one of the things that gary's father was known to do was when he or when gary had wet the bed um his father would actually make heidnik hang up his soiled sheets in the window or the porch so that everyone on the street could see as a way of publicly shaming his child to get that behavior to stop Mm-hmm. super healthy yeah i've heard that before but keep going so the constant shame abuse and bizarre upbringing obviously stunted his social growth Uh, leading to gary dropping out of public school after about ninth grade and eventually attending staunton military academy for two years before dropping out so what did he do what any normal person in that position would do which is join the armed forces good idea because why not let's double down on the toxic masculinity hell yeah brother That's more like a triple down but keep going Uh, so despite the rough upbringing gary was actually very highly regarded in his army medic training and was incredibly successful for the time that he served there. Uh, He was trained in Texas for a little bit before being sent off to a medical hospital in Germany. Uh, However, after an intense period of a variety of uh, physical and mental symptoms, Heidnik was honorably discharged after only about 13 months uh, due to what they called, quote, schizoid personality disorder with a full disability pension. Just to get out of there, yeah. Yep.
1: But... When you're too crazy to be in the military, that really says a lot. That's bad news That says a lot,
0: because... They let some wackos in there. Let me tell you. Um, But after his brief stint with the armed services, he worked in the healthcare profession. So this dude went from medic in the armed services to healthcare professional. That's right. Seems like a pretty stand-up thing to do. Sure it does. Um, Seeing as how he was in a field in in the... Uh, I think it was the army... Yeah. Um, So he was already a medic in the army, so he joined in. Um, He had actually began working at a VA clinic for mental health uh, before being fired for his behavior towards some of the patients, uh, leading to a period of intense mental health issues. He had depressive episodes, suicide attempts, outbursts, and a variety of trips to mental health facilities and odd jobs between the years, of 1962 all the way up to 1987 Mm -hmm. during this time in 1971 gary found his one true calling starting the united church of the ministers of god fun fact he took that name from another existing church so if you see something that says the united church of ministers of god probably not this one just a weird coincidence Um, Now, he started with only around 5 followers and around $15,000 investment. But he managed to scheme, manipulate, and snake his way into a total of $500,000 to start his church. Are you sure we're not talking about Joel Osteen right now? I would be surprised if Joel Osteen didn't have a torture pit in his house. I'm going to be honest. Um, But to further the expansion of his cult he had actually comprised most of the members up of, of mentally deficient and mentally ill individuals
1: Oh, jeez of course he did that's yeah. exactly who they pray on
0: mm-hmm. uh, and they would meet at his residence every sunday for worship where gary became damn near an expert in using religion to manipulate these already impressionable people
1: hallelujah
0: hallelujah,
1: hallelujah. can you feel it in your bones? praise the lord
0: but don't you worry don't you worry about I know, I know what you're concerned about. I'm so scared. This man is so invested in his career and his life path mm-hmm. and following the path of God. How will he ever have time for love? That's true. Don't worry, Jake. He had plenty of time to get into relationships. Did he? Starting as any normal person would, he went a route that should shock... And appall you, but not surprise anybody. He married really. a child bride from inside the church. N- well, no, one that he groomed. No. Okay. He actually fell into a quote relationship with a mentally handicapped woman who had an IQ of only forty-eight. Yup. That sharp inhale is exactly what we're looking for. That's a list of that's on the list of things we don't make fun of. That is so no jokes here. No just jokes. Uncomfy.
1: Just compassion.
0: Yup. Um, so, this was Ann Jeanette, who gave birth to his child. That's fucked up. Yep. Yeah, but the child was taken immediately away from Ann Jeanette and Gary Heidnick, as obviously they're not going to be able to take care of this child in mm-hmm. any healthy way. Unfortunately, Gary had gotten a taste of what it was like to have someone be under his control, and he decided he needed more. So, continuing his relationship with Ann Jeanette... He formulated a plan. Let's hear it. So, Ann Jeanette has the IQ of 48. Not doing real well. But she's out and about in the world. Um, Ann Jeanette, however, had a sister who was in about the same condition but a little bit worse off and was living in a mental health institution. Jesus Christ. This is going to get upsetting. Uh, so, Gary Heidnick signed out her sister um, out of the mental institution under a limited release, which is only permitted for a few hours. Usually they do that to, like, take him out to lunch or go right. see family or whatever. take her to get her hair done. Exactly. And he brought her back to Gary and Anne's home, where he held her captive for ten days. Oh, fucking Christ. Repeatedly abusing and sexually assaulting her in their home. Until the facility finally grew suspicious and asked police to begin looking for this woman after days of her not being returned. Are you po- fucking serious? Yeah, it took that fucking long. Because police looked at the logs of visitors and checked out the home of Gary Heidnik because he was obviously the last person there. It was mm-hmm. a pretty clear cut and dry situation of who took fucking who. Um, and guess what? They found the woman hiding in the basement, traumatized, scared, and covered in blood. Jesus Christ! And police immediately took Gary into custody. Yeah, I fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah, you hope so. But guess what, Jake? Mm. This isn't even the beginning of the crazy shit. Or this—this this isn't even the craziest of the shit. We this is just gotten the fucking. Yet, have we? We're just fucking at the little tippy tail end, tip of the iceberg here. Okay, let's hear it. Heidnik was arrested and charged with kidnapping, rape, unlawful restraint, false imprisonment involuntary, deviant sexual intercourse, and interfering with the custody of a committed person. That is a laundry list of shit. The case went to trial in November of 1978, and he was found guilty and sentenced to, can you guess how many years?
1: Oh, let's go for three and a half years. No,
0: 17 years. Okay. He was sentenced to three to seven years.
1: Oh, I was right on the money.
0: However, for some fucking reason, the original sentence was overturned on an appeal, and Heidnik spent only three years of his incarceration in a mental health institution before he was released in 83. What the fuck? Under the supervision of a state-sanctioned mental health program.
1: What a dick.
0: Yeah, so you can just do that. Get away with it. I guess. At least in the fucking 80s. But... Two years after his release, in 1985, he began a new relationship uh, with a Filipino mail order bride oh, named fucking Betty. Oh,
1: Christ, man.
0: Can you guess how the relationship went?
1: It's, he became abusive, man. He was like, I bet that he was like, um, he forced her to stay in the house. He like hammered all the windows shut and stuff like that. That's what I'm going for.
0: Good bet. Good guess. Uh, He fell into the only pattern he knew, which was bizarre, violent abuse. (sighs) This whole story is pretty deeply upsetting. So uh, here we go. Uh, He included, uh, or some of his abuse included uh, forcing Betty to watch as he slept with other women, forcing her to sleep with other women, physically and mentally tormenting her, beating and sexually abusing her, until she too fell pregnant with a son
1: fucking christ
0: however not wanting to stay in this life or bring a child into a world with gary Mm -hmm. she actually managed to escape back to her home country after all of this happened in only a few months of marriage oh my god yeah they were not married a full year even it was literally i think i forget exactly how much so i could be wrong on this but i think it was somewhere in like the three to five month period that they were married all of this shit went down oh my god now, obviously, Gary, not going to be super thrilled about this.
1: No, of course not.
0: But uh, Betty left him in 1986, and when she left, Heidnik was arrested yet again, this time charged with indecent assault, spousal rape, assault, and involuntary deviant sexual intercourse again. Mm. The charges were later dismissed, however. How the fuck does that happen? Because Betty failed to appear for the preliminary hearing as her priority was returning home with her child to safety. No She shit. was in the Philippines. She was not even in I'm out. the States. So, yeah, got overturned. Charges were dismissed. Jesus Christ. No big fucking deal, I guess. Yeah. This time, however. Just like
1: last week, there is no justice.
0: There is no fucking justice. Uh, after many intersections with law enforcement and the inconveniences that the quote-unquote justice system provided him, he decided he was tired of being caught, which is always a great thing to hear someone like this say. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. 1986, he started stepping his game up.
1: Here we go. Let's graduate.
0: Enter Josefina Rivera. <clears throat> Josephina Rivera was a drug addict and sex worker who often worked around the same area that Gary lived in, and knowing that she would be an easy target to abduct and manipulate, he struck, uh, luring her into his vehicle under the guise of being a customer. Um, This was the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, He brought her to his home, had sex with her, and then as she got up and was getting dressed, he snuck up behind her and choked her until she fell unconscious. Jesus Christ. Rivera woke up in the basement, chained up and handcuffed and bound at the ankles. Now, here is something that I am going to put a clip in uh, once I'm doing the editing. Right. But for now, I'm just going to have you listen to this.
3: Gary, honey, picked me up at Second End, Gerard, Um the day before Thanksgiving of '86. And, um,. He took me to his house, we went upstairs, and um, we had sex. And afterwards, I was getting dressed, and he came up behind me and started choking me. And, um, and he started choking me. But I, all I could remember was, I don't know, I guess it happened so fast, all I could remember was, like a film projector of things that were going on in my life was like, you know, just flipping back. When I came to, um, he had a handcuff on my, on, my, on my arm, on my wrist. And um, he kept saying, um, shut up, keep still. I ain't going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. Then he took um, muffler clamps and put the muffler clamps around my ankles with this chain. And then he used crazy glue to hold the nuts on. And he dried it with a hairdryer.
0: So why don't you go ahead and tell the people how you feel about that one, Jake? Um, number one, um, this guy is a monster in human skin. Yes. Uh, number two, proof yet again that there is no God. Absolutely correct. Thank you for your participation. So while bound, she was subject to physical, emotional, and sexual abuse at the hands of Heidnik. And in her... For lack of a better term, off hours when he wasn't down there actively abusing her, Mm -hmm. she was beaten with a stick or like a a plank of wood um, to get her into a hole in his basement floor, essentially the torture pit much like acclaimed serial killer buffalo bill from the silence of the lambs this was one of the guys who influenced the creation Mm -hmm. of buffalo bill which is how i found out about him if you haven't
1: had a chance to read thomas harris's novel
0: oh my god it is red dragon and the silence of the lambs they are so good fucking phenomenal Um, but yes so this dude had a whole torture basement with a hole in the ground Mm -hmm. and he would put her in the hole and if she would try to resist he would hit her over the head with this plank of wood, beat her and tell her that she needed to get in Mm -hmm. so she would get in the hole, he would cover it with wooden planks and sandbags to keep the planks in place and the entire time that she was down there which was for hours on end like half the day, Mm -hmm. the only light that she would have would be from the thin little cracks in the wood kind of shining down other than that just trapped in a void over the course of three months he ended up kidnapping five more women um, in the same manner that he caught Rivera the first being a mentally ill woman named Sandra Mm -hmm. who for uh, the first month that they were there was Rivera's only companion the two of them were alone together they were hungry beaten crammed into the hole and breaking down mentally Now, according to Rivera, by the end of this three-month period of abduction, there wasn't enough room in the hole for all six women, so they established a ranking. Gary basically came in and said, okay, Rivera, you've been here the longest, you have seniority, so you get the privilege to live outside the hole in the basement. So, Rivera uh, basically became the head honcho and was granted more privileges. She got to eat different things like he would bring her hot chocolate in the morning um and there was i forget exactly what it was but there was like some different type of food that he would bring her that Mm -hmm. nobody else got um the other five women remained in the hole with sandra the second in command being the one who was basically kind of looking over the ones in the hole for some of it
1: yeah but it's like stockholm syndrome it's like the only way that i'm going to be able to survive this is by taking part in this
0: yeah and that's literally like that interview with um with rivera she explicitly says like after a certain period of time this is the man that is bringing you food and water and is in his own way taking care of you and you know you have to learn to basically love him Mm -hmm. and it's really upsetting um but sandra was in charge of the girls in the hole when they were sealed away during this period of captivity however Uh, Heidnik would repeatedly put these women, quote, on punishment, is what uh, Rivera said. Um, So the women who were on punishment, um, he would force them to watch as he uh, sexually assaulted and beat the women that were on punishment. He would force the other ones to watch while he did that. Um, Sometimes, on occasion, he would. Are you ready for this one, Jake?
1: Not ready, but go ahead.
0: He would wrap duct tape around their mouths and their heads mm-hmm. and slowly jam a screwdriver into their ears. I saw that. Yeah.
1: I saw that coming.
0: Uh, women who were on punishment um, would be chained to like the water heater or the ceiling beams, um, and they would just be there for days on end. Starting off, they would only be given water. Um, And then if they were good, they would basically the way Rivera puts it is they would have to earn their privileges back. So Mm -hmm. they started with water. They would have to earn their right to have like plain bread to eat and then regular food and then eventually be unchained and put back in the hole. Um, Yeah. So he wanted these women to essentially, in his eyes, learn their lesson and be obedient Um, as the leader of the women in the group. Um, and the only one with some semblance of freedom in the basement, Rivera basically was told that you have to aid in the torture, otherwise all of your privileges are gone. Privileges are gone, yeah. So there was one time in particular um, involving a particularly feisty and angry abductee whose name was Deborah Dudley. Um, She was known to be very confrontational and very aggressive towards uh, Heidnik. So... What they did as a punishment was he had Sandra um, fill, or I'm sorry, Sandra, he had uh, Rivera fill the pit full of water. Mm -hmm. And they attached a stripped extension cord onto the women's chains and electrocuted them while he watched. The shock was so painful that Deborah Dudley was electrocuted to death. And when she died, Gary Heidnik basically only said, quote, now I can go back to having a peaceful basement. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, So one of these punishments that was doled out to Sandra, who was the second woman in the hole, um, was that during the days of her abuse, she was handcuffed to the ceiling beam and obviously being starved and beaten and all of these horrible things. uh, Sandra eventually just collapsed, essentially being held up only by her handcuffs above her head, Mm -hmm. uh, bringing alarm to the other women who were in the hole and eventually bringing Gary into the room. So what he does is he unlocks the handcuffs and Sandra's lifeless body just falls down to the concrete floor with her head making this sickening crack against the stone.
1: That's great. That's great of you to describe that. Thank you're you for that. You're so
0: welcome. So what does Gary do next? If you're reading this, you probably are spoiling it for yourself. But for those mm-hmm. of you who aren't, mm-hmm. uh, he dragged her body upstairs, cut it into pieces, cooked her ribs in the oven, boiled her head on the stove... Um. Apparently, neighbors had complaints of the smell, which prompted a police visit. But he claimed he just absentmindedly burned a roast. Yeah, they
1: yeah. complained of a nauseating odor.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh um, huh. But he put her arms and legs in the freezer, and he ground up her flesh, mixed it with dog food, and brought it down for the other women to eat.
1: Yes, that's the rumor. Yeah.
0: So he part of that
1: can't be part of that can't be um, corroborated because they did a forensic analysis of the Cuisinart meat grinder that he had and they didn't find any human dna in it yeah and so the story is that they that he that he admitted to that because he wanted to try to uh plea an insanity defense plead an insanity defense yes but still it does not
0: seem does not seem out of the realm of possibility for what this guy could do though
1: but what cannot be denied is that he dismembered the body oh yeah he put the arms and legs in the freezer he cooked the ribs And he boiled her head on the stove. Yeah, all of that. That's absolutely true. Yeah,
0: Rivera saw that. Um, But the women were still on punishment. Um, He had let them watch TV, and apparently one of them had told them that one of the girls said that a dog food ad looked, quote, good enough to eat. Mm -hmm. So... Heidnick told her uh, that she would get dog food, or she and two other women would get the dog food with Lindsay's body parts mixed in. Of course, that's where some sources say that maybe that was not true, but either way, they did have to eat dog food. It's just a matter of was the dog food mixed with human or not. Mm -hmm. There is no good answer. Um, but pretty much they just they didn't have a choice. Um apparently one of the victims, Jacqueline Askins, would later say, quote, If it wasn't for me eating her or eating dog food, I couldn't be here today.
2: Oh my god.
0: Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um now there are some people who think that Josephina Rivera was an accomplice, which personally I think is horseshit. Mm. I mean she did what she had to do to survive. I feel nothing but terrible for her because she had to go through some horrible shit maybe she did have to participate in ways that she didn't want to that's not really up for debate but it's i feel like it's unfair to say accomplice because like she didn't want to be there you know she was doing what she had to do to survive
1: exactly like i had said
0: exactly um so towards the end uh Heidnik ended up actually giving her privileges to go outside with him um, so that she could lure more women in because she had more connections to the prostitutes in the area. Um, he would let her enter the outside world and help pick up the other women but he always made really sh- like close or he always kept really close to her made sure to keep her very visible so he could grab her back at any moment
1: and we've seen that in in other situations where, people have been long-term kidnapped like this. Where exactly. One of them becomes, a, one of them becomes an unwilling accomplice.
0: Exactly. The, the Robin to the really fucked up Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then this part is from, uh, or some of this is from all that's interesting because basically they just recount mm-hmm. everything that um, Josephina Rivera said in her interview. They looked at that same interview. Um, so I'm just going to read it essentially how they have it on here. Um, she used the goodwill she'd earned to get these temporary trips out of the basement and on march 24th 1987 after helping Hyde nick abduct a seventh victim she managed to convince him to let her go for a walk for just a few minutes so that she could see her family yes he would wait at the gas station they agreed and she'd come right back rivera walked around the corner and out of his sight and she immediately rushed to the nearest phone and called 911. Officers promptly arrested Gary Heidnick right there at the gas station, right fucking then, and raided his house of horrors. After four months of imprisonment and torture, the women were finally free. Tell me that's a fucking accomplice. She saved the goddamn day right there. She did. So, despite attempts to get off in an insanity defense, Heidnik was convicted in July of 1988 and sentenced to death. He tried to kill himself, but the following January, or he tried to kill himself the following January, and his family tried to get him off death row all the way in 1997, Mm -hmm. but all to no avail. And July 6th, 1999, Heidnik received a lethal injection and became the last person to be executed in Pennsylvania. Yep,
1: in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania.
0: Fun fucking fact. He died the year I was born. Good grief. Not drawing any connections there.
1: No, of course not.
0: God, I hope not. Um, but yeah, so there's that. He is one of the biggest influences for uh Buffalo Bill from The Silence of the Lambs. Same gum. Uh, genuinely, genuinely awful human being. And if you guys are interested, you can actually That's not a human being. That's a no, monster. That is a that is textbook monster. That's
1: a monster wearing human skin.
0: Yes. But you guys can actually go onto YouTube and look up Heidnik Survivor Tells Her Story. And mm-hmm. that's, um, it's a just over nine minute clip of uh, Josephina uh going over everything that she's kind of experienced. And that's where me and that uh, All That's Interesting article got a lot of that information at the end. Now, the one thing I will say is if you guys do more research on this on your own, be very prepared because all of these different like tellings of his life almost none of them are in chronological order this shit was confusing as fuck it took me a lot longer than i would like to admit because i started typing things out in the order i was reading them Mm -hmm. and then i would double check facts on another one and it would have the order all sorts of fucking out of hand so i had to go through and like chronologically order all the horrendous shit this motherfucker did um and it was a lot but yeah you can also there's a a, I think it's like a one minute clip where it's like just him. Yeah. It's a one minute, 15 second clip where it was, uh, him, Gary Heidnick interviewing. Um, he only had a small part, but it was in some documentary and he talks about how he was like cognizant of everything that was happening. He wasn't crazy. He was making a conscious effort to like hide evidence and all of this horrible, horrible shit. Um, but yeah, the dude is fucking crazy. If you look at his eyes, nothing there yeah that is like like tom cruise eyes Uh,
1: tom cruise that's a good one
0: yeah uh it's pretty rough but there he is there's that there's a lot involved in this one very sexual assault heavy so i'm very sorry about that trigger warning but uh here we go that was him that was gary heidnik aren't you so excited that you know all about him now
1: yeah and aren't you aren't you glad that that's in your mind
0: hip hip hooray hip hip hooray all right well We're going to take a quick break,
1: and then I'll be back with my equally depressing sexual assault triggering story.
0: I'm so excited. Two for two today.
3: He got Sandra's head cooking in a pot upstairs, right? And he got her ribs and stuff in a little roasting pan in the oven, you know, and her arms and stuff is in the freezer, and he says that, if I don't cut out my bullshit, that I, this is going to be me. But I'm
1: only interested. Did you start recording yet?
0: <laughs> don't worry about it. Just keep saying what you're gonna say. I'm not gonna say. No, it. go ahead and say it. I'm not gonna say it. You can get edited out. Uh, no, it's not. You won't go edit ahead. it out. You're go so ahead.
1: full of shit. I'm no, not going go ahead. to. Go Alright, I'm gonna start my con. I'm gonna okay. start my talk. What if
0: I promise to edit it out if it's anything I think would I don't not be mind? Accepted by what do you else? mean
1: anything? No, 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 no. I don't mind being in bisexual TikTok as long as it's the female bisexual TikTok part. Oh, that's fair. Because they're easy on the eyes and they tell funny stories. And that's true. Sometimes they're dressed in very, very amazing costumes. The male side I of agree. bisexual TikTok doesn't do it for
0: it's me. It's a lot more bulge and makeup. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Anyway, that's all I Which is fine. All right. We love it
0: all. But, you know. <laughs> God. Despite all the of incriminating our, uh, things that I say
1: yeah. when I'm on air.
0: Despite our TikTok personas, um, Unfortunately, we are still straight men, and we are subject to the same weaknesses, mm-hmm. which is hot women in costumes. The same appetites. Mm. Anyway, hail Satan! Hail Satan! All right, let's here get we go. you again. That's really let's get cool. Let's get upsetting. That's not
1: what we're doing. Yeah, let's channel the toxin- toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah, not really. Um, okay, so my topic is going to be. I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. We're going to be talking about the Genesee River Killer exciting arthur john shawcross was born on june 6th of 1945 in rochester um and he was he was active in and around rochester new york um he was born in kittery maine he was the first of four children of um, Arthur and uh, Bessie Shawcross. Mm-hmm. His family moved to Waterton New York when he was young, while several later tests showed his intelligence to be subnormal, even borderline, like uh, borderline. He received A's and B's in his first two years of grade school and was tested later tested out of an IQ of 86, which is below, but not like intellectually disabled below. Yeah. but that's where we, that's where we are for that. That's Throughout his childhood, um Arthur was a frequent bedwetter, which is uh, part of the McDonald tribe. It triad.
0: is. Yes. Two for two, baby.
1: He also here it goes. Oh, Are you no. ready for this? Uh, he also later claimed that his mother performed oral sex on him for several oh! years. Oh. Starting when he was age seven. Trigger warning. This is gonna this does not get any better for
0: me. I imagine it does not.
1: He also alleged that during um during junior high school he had had sexual relations with his sister um he is all awful this is all awful all the time and he hasn't even graduated high school yet god he had a reputation as a bully and he would frequently act out violently he was six feet tall by the time he was out by the time he dropped out of high school in 1960 damn so he would have been he would have been 14 15 years old in
0: 1960 damn it's a tall ass sixth grader
1: he also claims that he was molested by an aunt by the at, at age nine um and that he experimented lots of different ways when he was a teenager, including trying homosexuality and bestiality. Of course, oh, abusing like animals that. is also – not that this – anyway, yeah. I would I would say that bestiality is an aberrant behavior and it's abusing animals.
0: 100%. I did not think that was up for debate. It's also
1: part of the – well, the reason I say that is because it's part of the McDonald triad.
0: Ah, yes,
1: Okay, now the thing about all of these stories about his childhood is that um, there isn't a lot of corroborating evidence for it, and he changed his story a lot mm. when, he was, when he was interviewed, because he, hev- he was interviewed heavily. Um, when he was 21 at um, in 1967, he was drafted into the Army. Um, this is in the midst of the Vietnam War. Um, at this time, he divorced his first wife and gave up his rights to their 18-month-old old son who he never saw again he served one tour of duty with the fourth supply and transport company of the fourth infantry division he later boasted of grotesque combat exploits such as beheading uh women and nailing their heads to trees as warnings to the Viet Cong, Good and Lord. engaging in co- cannibalism but in reality he never served in a combat position so none of that could
0: happen okay
1: after the war, Shawcross was stationed at Fort Sill in Lawton, Oklahoma, as an armorer. His second wife, Linda, experienced several aspects of his disturbing behavior, especially his penchant for starting fires. An army psychiatrist told her that Shawcross derived sexual arousal from setting fires, which is another thing that we see in, in the, the McDonald Triad. Triad. Mm-hmm. So, after his discharge from the army, Shawcross moved with Linda from Oklahoma to Clayton, New York, back home. Mm. Linda would soon divorce him. After which, he began committing crimes such as arson and burglary. Obviously, setting fires, he's getting some sort of sexual pleasure from that. So that's that's a huge red flag. But the burglary, um, breaking into someone's home, having the having the gall to do that, that's just like a gateway to murder.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's real bad news, Bears. You do not want to throw that one on the Tinder profile.
1: I remember that there was this My Strange Addiction episode that I watched where this guy was addicted. Here's what his addiction was. Are you ready for this? Oh,
0: no. I don't think I am.
1: He was addicted to collecting. He was addicted to playing with hair that he found in the shower drain. Ew. And he lived with roommates. Oh, God. And so he would dig around into the shower drain to get the, to get the hair that was coming out of it. It's always soapy and gross in there.
0: Oh, see, you say that, and I'm imagining like Cade doing that to me or something, and it just it's getting under my skin. It's real. Maybe he does. I, well, not anymore. He's not in the same state.
1: Not yet. Not anymore. Yeah, but if anyway. he was
0: close enough to steal my hair out of the drain, I would expect a hello. Just throwing that out there. Just Cade. a hello.
1: You mean you didn't notice when he was in there with you?
0: Well, you know how it is when you're in the heat of the moment. Exactly. You know, blinded by your passion.
1: Let me go back to this My Strange yeah, Addiction. Please guy. go back to this. Okay, so every part of the My Strange Addiction has to do with them admitting that to a friend. Oh and so no. He actually admitted it to a female friend of his. Oh, wrong move. And he said actually another aspect of it was that he would break into his friends' homes.
0: Jesus Christ. To
1: dig the hair out of their drains. No,
0: Yes. That is not a thing I want to have heard.
1: That's, like I said, that's just one, that's like two steps removed from murdering someone.
0: That's right there. You are tickling it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Shawcross ended up, you know, with uh, this arson and burglary thing, he earned himself a five-year sentence at Attica and later Auburn Correctional Facility uh, because of, um, because of a, an arson uh, charge. After serving only twenty-two months, he was granted an early release in seventy-one. In part, due to his role in the rescue of a correctional officer during a prison riot. Oh, okay. So he returns to Waterton, New York, eventually getting a job with the public works department and marrying for a third time.
0: How does this? I
1: know. How do these guys? How do these guys find love?
0: It's making it real hard to be optimistic. I am not going to lie to you. The metrics are not, they're not looking good. Are you ready for this? I am ready for this.
1: May the 7th, of 1972. Oh, God. Be ready, guys.
0: Oh, I don't like when we stop and, and exclaim.
1: Because it's terrible. His first victim he raped and killed a 10 year old boy named Jack Owen Blake. After he lured the boy into a wooded area in Waterton. At this point, he's six feet tall. He weighs about 300 pounds. So he's a big motherfucker.
0: Good Lord.
1: He took this... Um, Jack was obviously never heard it from again. Three weeks later, Shawcross married his third wife who was pregnant with his child. So this happened like right in that same time. God. Blake's body was not found until authorities received a tip by telephone on September 5th. So this guy, this kid, this kid... Um, goes missing in May, mm-hmm. and, and they don't find him until September 5th. Just prior to the body's discovery on September 2nd, Shawcross raped and killed an 8-year-old girl named uh, Karen Allen Hill, who had been visiting Waterton with her mother for the Labor Day weekend.
0: Jesus fucking Christ. He was
1: arrested the next day because neighbors witnessed, um, witnessed him near the girl um, and near a bridge before her death. A grand jury indicted Shawcross for murder in Hill's death. On October 17th, 1972, he was allowed to plead guilty to a lesser charge of first-degree manslaughter for both deaths. What? For Blake and for Hill. uh, And he was sentenced to an indeterminate term with a maximum of 25 years at Attica. In November of the same year, he was transferred to Green Haven Hill Correctional Facility. Um... Jefferson County District Attorney William McCluskey explained the plea bargain by stating that other than Shawcross's confession to the police, there was no direct evidence linking him to the Blake killing. McCluskey also suggested Shawcross could have argued at trial that he was under extreme emotional disturbance and a jury would have likely uh, would have been likely to arrive at a verdict of manslaughter anyway so after f- serving 14 years inexperienced prison staff and social workers conclude concluded that Shawcross was no longer dangerous
0: oh my god they're always still dangerous what the fuck man you don't
1: how is it that somebody who kills two children under the age of 10 somehow kills and
0: brutalizes
1: brutalizes and then children. kills
0: how are they I'm sorry I have to get lotion my hands are dry
1: yes because that's important right
0: now my hands are dry. I cannot deal with that. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Listen. Um, they disregarded the warnings of psychiatrists who had assessed Shawcross as a schizoid psychopath. He was released on parole in April of 87.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake.
1: Mm-hmm. So Shawcross had difficulty settling down as neighbors would protest his presence and employers would refuse to hire him. Good. He, I know, exactly. As rightly so. He first moved to Birmingham, New York. New York or Bingenton, then uh, relocated to Delhi with his girlfriend, Rosemary Wally.
0: How is he... How the fuck does this guy do it? Is he handsome? Like, is he particularly good-looking? No, he looks like like 200
1: pounds of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets moved around two or three times. People find out what he's done, and obviously he gets fired, and nobody wants to associate with him. So... uh, basically by 1987 his parole officer moved him and his girlfriend into a transient hotel in Rochester New York. Um, that's where they were mm-hmm. In mid-october, Shawcross and Wally found more permanent lodgings at a um, at a at like a, an apartment or something like that doesn't matter here's what does matter. Oh, no. Shawcross killed again
0: of course
1: in 1988 of March no 1988. less a than a year yeah less than a year after getting out of jail. This victim was Dorothy Blackburn, a 27-year-old prostitute that he strangled to death on March 24th. He would basically uh, cruise the red light district in his girlfriend's car.
0: Good Lord.
1: Hunters ended up finding her body dumped into the Genesee River. The next strangulation murder happened in September of 1989. Um, Then there were two in late October of that year, followed by a fourth on Thanksgiving
0: Day. We both had ones that were right around Thanksgiving. What the fuck? Pass the cranberry sauce. Pass the cranberry. I'm not going to sing sauce. the
1: song. Don't sing the song <laughs> for this. Don't sing the song. This guy. <laughs> don't this, bring it into this. The Genesee River Killer doesn't deserve Leave Linda to hear out me of sing. This. She yes. doesn't deserve that. No, they don't. All of these murders were coming up unsolved because cops are stupid. Fair. Local authorities discovered patterns of behavior regarding the killer. Really? Big fuck. Oh my gosh which led them to ta- ask the FBI profilers for assistance. The strangulation and bodies dumped in rivers form some workable theories as to the killer's identity. Come on, guys. We have a I have no formal series. training in this other than watching movies and reading books and listening to podcasts. And I could give you I mean, I'm like, okay, obviously you've got a series of killers, a series of killings. What do we call that? Oh, we call that a serial killer. Um, He's killing prostitutes in upstate New York. I'm guessing I'd be willing to bet $1,000 that it's some old white guy.
0: Yeah, literally, you can almost always start with probably some old white dude. And then you just look in the area and ask people about weirdos. And then they're going to say, hey, yeah, there's this dude that rape murdered two kids. We don't like talking Mm to him. Maybe start there. Boom, case closed. Get the fucking work cops Jesus Christ
1: we could have solved this in an afternoon alright um let's see here uh, let's see uh, um, okay yeah strangulation of bodies dumped in the rivers profilers also determined that the killer returned to the scene of his crimes to either conceal the body or to derive pleasure from the attack while viewing the fresh kill so he knows where they are and he's coming back to those scenes
0: I hate it when they do that Mm
1: -hmm. it's disgusting all the victims were murdered in Monroe County, except for Gibson, who was killed in neighboring Wayne County. Okay. Retired Detective Robert Keppel had argued that the detectives investigating the case over-relied on the concept of modus operandi, at times searching for multiple suspects, suspects due to small differences in the profiles of each victim. Mm-hmm. Such bullshit. These guys just weren't good at their job. That's all there is surprise, to it.
0: Surprise, surprise.
1: Three more bodies turned up between December of 1989 and January of 1990. All were young women and all were prostitutes. Authorities ran criminal background checks on possible suspects, so they rounded up all the Johns they could. But Shawcross's previous records were sealed, which meant, the, which meant that he... I have, I have no fucking clue. On January 5th, 1992, days after June Cicero, who was one of the victims, uh, was discovered... Um, Eyewitnesses spotted a man on a bridge close to where the body had been dumped. And aerial surveillance also caught somebody apparently urinating over a bridge, uh, on a bridge over this Salmon Creek near where Cicero's body was found.
0: Catch that piss boy.
1: He actually got away that day. God fucking damn it. They did not
0: catch piss boy.
1: Finally, a background check on the van's plates, because they were able to get the plates, led to his arrest on January 4th of 1990
0: oh look they can do something
1: the arrest marked an end to a 20 month 21 month killing spree that turned up 12 bodies
0: holy shit that is a lot of bodies
1: he admitted to 11 of the murders and his confession was 80 pages long
0: jesus christ
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah it's fucking insane so November of 1990, Shawcross was tried by the Monroe County First Assistant District Attorney Charles Saragusa for the 10 murders in Monroe County. He pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity.
2: They With
1: always 10, fucking try which it. They always try it. Um, Forensic psychiatrist Dorothy Lewis tried to say that he had brain damage. She also tried to say that he had multiple personality disorder, which is now called dissociative identity disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder, and that he had been sexually abused at a child. As a child, Lewis also claimed that Shawcross moved into a separate internal personality named Bessie when mm-hmm. he killed, arguing for him to be institutionalized rather than being returned to the prison systems. Mm-hmm. In response to the defense's claim that Shawcross's actions were the product of PTSD, resulting from his war service as a fucking supply officer or some fucking bullshit like that.
0: Non-combat position.
1: Non-combat. Not to say, you know, whatever. In In this situation, fuck this guy.
0: Fuck this guy.
1: An FBI criminal profiler reviewed the claim on behalf of the prosecution before the trial. He wrote that Shawcross's claim of having witnessed wartime atrocities was patently outrageous and untrue. Prosecution psychiatrists testified that Shawcross had antisocial personality disorder. It was later determined that Shawcross had a cyst pressuring on the temporal lobe of his brain as well as scarring on his frontal lobes, areas that are responsible for decision-making and self-control. But still, he murdered 12 people. Yeah. I don't give a rat flying rat's ass.
0: Yeah, at a certain point, it mm-hmm. doesn't become an issue of impulse control. It becomes an issue of, you're a fucking monster.
1: hmm One particular murder stood out to investigators who gave interviews after Shawcross went to jail. The thing about it is, like, I get it. If you have some sort of chronic traumatic encephalopathy or you have psychopathy of this kind, maybe you kill one person, but then you stop. This is a fucking serial killer. This is a
0: serial killer who started with children.
1: Yes, he's deriving pleasure from killing, and he's not going to stop until you stop him or you find him. This is a monster in human skin. But let me talk to let me talk about June Stott. She was 26 at the time of her death. Before Shawcross cut her body open from her throat to her vagina, like she was a wild animal and gutted.
0: Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! That was significantly harder than I expected.
1: Yeah, Shawcross stated that he he murdered her and uh, mutilated her because she was going to rat him out. He said that he snapped her neck before cutting her open. He gave countless interviews and showed absolutely no remorse there's actually a Genesee River killer documentary um, and he just talks about it the serial killer recounts Stott's murder as if he's reciting instructions on how to bake a cake there is simply no remorse no emotion no feeling behind Shawcross's voice there um, one of the other things about that genesee river killer documentary that i had is that he turns out that he has a da- he had a daughter who had no idea that she was his dad until afterwards oh, and she no. sought him out in prison and they actually had a father-daughter relationship and she's like oh i know what he did but i mean you know that that didn't i, I don't know anything about that i just know that he's my dad i'm like what the fuck
0: she didn't find out until afterwards how do you, why do you seek a relationship with that kind of individual? Also, nope. why do you defend that? Sorry.
1: Sorry. No, 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 I'm no. sure
0: the, the emotions there have to be very complicated, but Jesus Christ, man, come on. You can do better, honestly. Mm-hmm.
1: So he obviously was convicted of murder and um, died in 2008. He complained of leg pain. And uh, went into cardiac arrest at the hospital and was pronounced dead at 9:50 pm. Shit. And that is the Genesee River killer.
0: Goodness, fucking gracious.
1: Great balls of fire.
0: We brought some deeply upsetting topics.
1: Deeply upsetting. If you're gonna go big, I mean if you're gonna go if you're gonna show up, you better you better show up with the heat.
0: Goddamn right. gotta bring that fucking heat. gotta bring that fucking thunder. gotta bring that.
1: Hail Satan.
0: Hail Satan. That's right. That shit that we known for. It's what Absolutely. the people
1: want. That's right. All right, guys. I know this is a long episode, but hey, at least we brought it big.
0: I mean, yeah. Um, hope you guys are super excited to uh, ruin your night or day. This is not going to be a fun experience for you. But on the plus side, I got grimace.
1: Oh my god! Stop with the grimace. All hail grimace, the one true god. Grimace. Grimace. All
0: right. We're done with that. Anyway, you got anything else, Jake?
1: No. Um, Happy to be back, and we'll be back next week with another episode.
0: Funky Fresh.
1: Funky Funky Fresh. All right, guys. Anything else?
0: That is it from me, my friend.
1: I'm glad you're done. Oof. From Dylan, my co-host, my name is Jake, and we hope we've left you too scared to sleep.